You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you're seated. Open your Bible at Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Have you found it? Let's all read it together. Ready? Read. All these things. All these things. See, family, you need things. We all need things. Even the person that says, I don't need anything. They're living somewhere. Someone's paying their bills. I don't need a job even. Oh, no, it's right. Someone is paying for you to be alive. Who paid for your food? Who paid for your clothes? Even if they second hand, someone bought them and gave them to you. Isn't that right? We all need things. But life is more than pursuing things. And I said it this morning, I want to say it again. We need to be very cautious in our walk with Jesus that our serving God doesn't, come about, doesn't turn into chasing things. I've seen it. There are people that have given their life to Jesus, trusted Him for certain things, and when it looks like it didn't work out the way they thought it should work, they well, this doesn't work, and they walked away. I ask, were you really born again? Did you really meet Jesus? Because if you know God and you are intimate with Him, then even like Job, who lost his entire family, all his children were killed by the enemy. He lost all his staff. They were all wiped out. He lost all his businesses. His entire wealth wiped out. Everything, even his wife turned on him and said, just why don't you curse your God? She wasn't even serving him. Curse your God and die. And he said something powerful. He said, though the Lord slay me, I'll still serve him. Now, he doesn't have the word that you have today, knowing that God is love and God's not about to kill someone he loves. So he didn't have the depth of doctrine you have today. But in, even in his ignorance of that doctrine, he said, even if God decides he's going to kill me, I'll still worship him. How powerful is that? And then someone gets upset because they sowed a seed and didn't get their harvest this week. Ah, I'm done with this place. Uh, you said, speak and I'll have what I say. I spoke and I didn't get it. Now, this is a false doctrine. No, 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 no. The doctrine's not false. You need to know the word of God is yes and amen. His promises are yes and amen. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I'll keep serving him till I take the last breath of my lungs. And I'll go to, into heaven worshiping him. And you say amen to that. So Jesus is yes, saying, it's not about the stuff. Tell your neighbor, it's not about the stuff. And that does mean, doesn't mean you can't have it, because he said, after these things, your father knows you need them. Paul even told Timothy, tell those who are rich, don't be haughty or put their trust in riches. But remember, God gives you richly all things to enjoy. But use what you have to give. Be a blessing. And so we know God wants you to have things. But Jesus is saying, get your priorities right. 
Everybody say priorities. Seek first the kingdom of God. And that's where Jesus said in Matthew 28, he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples. Everybody say make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teach them to observe how many? All things that I've commanded you and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So as I said this morning, if you in our discipling somebody, if you're discipling someone, you're teaching them to observe everything Jesus commanded us, including this latest command. But this latest, this last command that he gives is the supreme command. This one covers everything. He didn't just say teach them the things they need. Teach them all things. Sometimes you land up telling somebody, you say, you know, the word does say, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. No, no, we need to hear it again. I said we need to hear it again. You know, you really need to try these peas and this broccoli. No, 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 I know, I know what they taste like. I know what they taste like. No, but you need the energy. No, no, I know what they taste like. You don't live on the knowledge of what food tastes like. You've got to take that in. And so that's why it's important when we sit in the message, particularly as we get older as Christians, as we mature, we'll hear things that have been said often from the pulpit. Don't ever turn off to that. Because you've got to keep that word alive in you. Keep listening to it. My job is to keep feeding you. Even though you've been fed it before. I'm going to feed it to you again. Amen. So, Jesus says we need to observe everything that he's commanded. And so, John chapter 13, verse 34, Jesus said, A new commandment I give to you, that you... Love one another as I have loved you. Now remember, he spoke about when they asked him, what is the most important law? He said, love God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind. And the second's just like it, to love your neighbor as you love yourself. But yeah, he upgrades that. And he says, love others the way I have loved you. Because if we have to love others the way we love ourselves, some people could say, well, I don't really love myself anyway. So, well, there you go. You just get what you got, you know. No, we want to love God the way He loves us. How does He love us? How does Jesus love? Jesus was growing in ministry and He raised up 12 disciples. And those 12 disciples, they followed him and they saw that when he speaks, things happen. That's where Peter said when he told him to throw the net in, there's still a catch. He says, we fished all night. You nevertheless at your word. See, I've seen you speak. And if you say something, it happens. So I'm going to obey you on that. And they learned to love him and trust him and got to a point where he raised up. Eventually he had 70 staff members that would go ahead of him into villages and prepare the people. By the time he arrived, there were thousands of people. They were flocking around him. Everybody's trying to get to him. The woman that was issue, had the issue of blood that was healed. She pressed through crowds to get to Jesus. She could hardly get to him. She had to fight to get to the hem, but she got there and Jesus said, you according to your faith. It's been done. You're healed. And they were seeing mighty miracles, signs and wonders. You could not stop him. They tried to kill him when he preached the word and he walked straight through everybody. And eventually he gets to a place where he stands up and he speaks of the covenant unless you eat my flesh and drink of my blood. And the Bible says from that day on, many walked away. 
Many walked away. And all of a sudden, you see his ministry start declining, if you want to put it in that way. All of a sudden, all he's got, he turns to his staff and he says, so you boys also want to go? And their answer wasn't, yeah, we with you. They said, where would we go? In other words, they also considered going. But you're the only one teaching the word, so we've got to stick it out with you now. And then when he sits down to the final covenant meal, he says, one of you will betray me. And there's Peter, never me. No, I'll never betray you. Peter, 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 Peter. <laughs> By this time, when the cock crows three times, you'll deny me three times. No, never. Not just once, three. But I'm praying that your faith not fail you. And when Jesus is eventually arrested, and he's given up by one of his friends, one of his disciples, one of those that sat with him at that meal, gives him up. And then as Jesus has been flogged, they start to question Peter. Oh, we know you. Weren't you one of them? No, not me. And Jesus is watching this happen, seeing it happen. Three times he denies Jesus, and the cock crows. I can just imagine Jesus looking at Peter. And you know with the love in his eyes, he didn't go, you see. No, he's praying for him. He's praying for him. He's praying for him. While he's been flogged, blood pouring out of his back, flesh dripping off of him. He's praying for Peter. And all the disciples scatter. And when he's put up on that cross, no one can be found anywhere. Just his mother and the disciple that said, he loved me. John. Dies alone. And while they are nailing him to the cross, he's in absolute agony. Thorns thrust into his head. His Hands been split open by those nails. And he looks up at the one nailing it into him. Father, forgive him. Because they don't know what they're doing. They don't know. They're sinning. Forgive them. What kind of love is this? Love others the way I love you. We can look at those disciples and say, I would never drop you, Jesus. Yeah, right. That's what Peter thought. I would never put nails in him. Every time we sin, we drive that nail in. You've got to understand this. It's something that if we, be, if we grasp the reality of this, people come, sometimes have, think, you know, uh, for example, the word tells us not to have uh, um, fornication. Fornication. You know, people always ask questions. What do you think of this or what do you think of that? Is this, you know, and, and they talk about what the world is trying to make, you know, all the LGBTQ and all this type of thing. Now, we love people. We want everybody saved. This is not out of a heart. You understand this is out of heart of love. But it's not about this or that. Even somebody who's not married, if they have sex, that is 
fornication. In other words, if it's not between a married man and woman, married, anything else is fornication. And people somehow, you still find Christians doing things, whatever sin. I'm just using this as an example. It could be anything. Somehow people think when they do it, they're going to put Jesus on the side and then go ahead and do that. And then when they come out, they can pick him up again. That's not what happens. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. The moment that person slips between those sheets, they're slipping between those sheets with Jesus. He is right there. Holy Spirit's right there. And whatever we do, whatever we do, and I'm just using, you know what you do. You know. I know. I'm speaking to me too. Every time I do that, whenever I sin, it's me driving that nail. It might have been that Roman God as he hit that nail, but it could just as well have been me. My son put him on that cross. Can you see that? And yet, he looked up into my eyes. He looks up into your eyes. Says, forgive them. I don't know what they're doing. And it's on that basis that I want to know him more intimately. I'm done with crucifying my Jesus the way I used to before I was saved. I'm done with that. I don't want to hurt him anymore. I do not want to hurt my Savior, not one more day. I don't want him to even remember that day. Why am I using the freedom of that to still commit sin? Well, at least he forgave me. Jesus, I don't want you to ever think of that day again. How am I going to do that? Is live this life as he's commanded me. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. Lift your hand and say, my desire is to love each other, love others the way Jesus loves me. James chapter 2 verse 8, he says, if you really fulfill the royal law, everybody say the royal law. According to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. It's a royal law. It's the supreme law. This is what is our very DNA. Family, if I love you, I'm not going to skin about you. Why is it that we're always talking about each other to someone else? If I have a problem with you, I want to get you. Let's let you and me talk. Say amen. Everybody say, love is king. 1 John 4, 7, beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God for God is love. How many of you are born again? Just lift your hand up. Keep that hand up. Say, as I'm born again, God himself, love dwells within me. God is love. And if love lives in me, then I am love. Hallelujah. 
See, when I say I love you, I don't want that just to be an emotion. I don't just want that to be a feeling. It's what comes out of me. It's the very essence of who I am. If you hug me now, you would get wet. Why? Because I got water all over me. The fact that I got water on me makes me wet. If you hug me, you get wet. Same way with love. If I am love, love himself dwells inside of me. See, that's where the world doesn't understand love. Oh, but I love him and I love her and I love that. No, 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 no. Same way we say, well, I really love lamb. If you loved lamb, you wouldn't have killed a thing. Well, there's nothing wrong with that because God even offered Peter, said, take and eat. God gives us the animals to enjoy. But I don't, it's not that I love it. You see, we're abusing the word. I really like it. I really like lamb. Nothing wrong with that. Amen. But love wants, it's compassion that we show towards each other. Hallelujah. I love my car. Love not the things of this world. Isn't that what he says? Why? Because love is reserved for one another. Love is reserved for loving God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength, and all our mind. And if God loves you, then I love you. That's the only response love has. Someone say amen. amen. 1 John chapter 2, verse 3. By this we know that we know him. If we keep his commandments... He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. The truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected or matured, developed in him. By this, we know we are in him. I understand that when we begin in this walk, it's not always easy. Because we are already coming into his kingdom with a earthly, a worldly, a fleshly mindset. That mind still has to be renewed. And in our fleshly mindset, we love people that we think, you know, they love us. And very often that love is response because when you, sometimes when we have marriage counseling, this couple wants to get divorced, we say, but hang on, why did you get married in the first place? Well, we did love each other, but I don't love him anymore. I don't love her anymore. Hang on, love never fails. You may not like them anymore, but love never fails. Say amen. amen. When Jesus came back out of the grave and he met with his disciples, he sat down with Peter, who denied him three times. And he said, do you love me? And he used the word agape. The word agape is the same love that God is. That's the love that God is, that unconditional love. Do you agape me? And Peter's answer is interesting. If you go do a word study of the original Greek, because it says, do you love me in English? And he said, Lord, you know I love you. But those two words are not the same. It reads in the Greek, do you agape me? And Peter says, I phileo you. 
The word phileo is used for friendship kind of love. That's when you're kind to me, I'll be kind back. But you're ugly to me, I'm gone. See, it's finicky. It's, it's, it's more on a fleshly level. It's like a friend rather than an intense covenant love. Do you love me? You can put it this way. Lord, you know I like you. So Jesus says, feed my sheep. What's he saying? Disciple. Love what I love. He asks him a second time. Peter, I'm asking, do you love me? Peter answers, you know I like you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. What's he talking about? Mature Christians and the babies. We love everybody the same way as he loves. Third time, Jesus says, do you like me? Do you agape me? I phileo you. Do you agape me? I phileo. Do you phileo me? What's he saying? Peter, do you love me? I like you. You love me? I like you. Do you even like me? And that's where he says, you know all things. You know my heart. He says, now I want to work with you. When you understand that you're exposed in his presence, then you know he can use you. Take off the facades, take off the masks, and be the son of God, the daughter of God that he created you to be. Family, let's stop putting on the shows. Let's stop putting on the hallelujah, bless you, brother, love you, love you, brother, hallelujah, and then turn your back and start stabbing them in the back with somebody else. But they walk in the room, hallelujah, God bless you. That's fake. We are not living a fake Christian life. Can I get a bigger amen? We have to get real with these things. I don't want a church full of bless me clubs. I want people that love God, that know God, live for God, and are representing God, not our own selfish interests. We represent the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He is love. Let the world know who love is. How will they ever know God except through you? Let's love with that kind of compassion. Let's love with that kind of love. That's willing to sacrifice. Jesus said, no greater love has a man than to lay down his life for his friend. Give it all for him. One of the greatest questions before we understand the word and know what the word says, what do you think would be the most important question to any human? Am I born again? Isn't that the most important? I would want to know above everything else. Am I saved? Am I going to heaven? And very often, that's exactly where the enemy works. People go to church week after week after week, and they sit in confessionals, and they do all kinds of things and actions. What's that doing? Just trying to work their way, make sure that by the time I die, I'm okay to go to heaven. But how many want to know that you have eternal life? Let me see. How many of you would like to know without a doubt that you have eternal life? Have a look at John chapter 17, verse 1. Jesus spoke these words. He lifted up his eyes to heaven and he said, Father, the hour has come. 
Glorify your son, that your son may also glorify you as you've given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. This is eternal life. Underline it. This is Jesus' definition of eternal life. What is eternal life? It's not just about living in heaven for eternity. This is eternal life. That they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ who you have sent. That's eternal life. Eternal life is not going to, to church. Eternal life is not just singing the songs. It's not just bringing the tithe. It's not just meeting together. It's not just preaching from a pulpit. It's not just saying Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Eternal life is when I know Him and He is love. Eternal life is when I know love. And if I know love, I will love. I don't have to be taught love. I don't have to be told to love. Because if I know love, it'll flow out of me. If I've been with Him, and I've met with Him, and fellowshiped with Him. So many people today, Christians, are walking around offended and hurt and depressed. And just trying to get through and living from tear to tear and struggling. And you say, but God's got you. He's with you. Yes, I know. I know. But, you know, things are difficult. Have you been with him? When last did you put everything aside? Turn off the social media. Block out even the family. Draw away and get into his presence and I'm not leaving till I have an encounter with you. I must know you. Because if you know him and he knows you love him, then even when they threaten to throw you into a fire, and command you, bow your knee unless you don't. If you don't, you burn. Well, go ahead and throw me in the fire. Because this I know. I'm not bowing to any other God. I know He will deliver me. There's no fear. And it wasn't like God said, well, okay, good. Now at least I can, I'll stop the fire. Let them go. They actually went into the fire. But they went in praising God and they were standing there worshiping God. And what happened? He looks in and he says, there's a fourth man. And it looks like son of God, love himself. He said, if you live this way, I'll never leave you. I'm with you even to the end of the age. You'll find him in the fire with you. Why are you going to get upset? You get thrown into a lion's den. Hallelujah. You're not worried. He didn't deliver them from the lions. There's Joseph. It's this wonderful dream. 
His brothers hated him for it. Well, they hated him anyway. So, you know, that, that might have hurt him. He might have got upset. But what about his father? His father he was the favorite son. He had this coat of many colors. And his father even says, really? What do you think? I'm going to bow in front of you? And he lands up getting sold by his brothers. And he lands up in, 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 in slavery. Working for a man. The man trusts him. He, he, he respects Joseph. And then one false accusation throws him in prison. What? Where, where? I thought you loved me. He had every opportunity to get upset. And even in prison, when he shares the dreams of those two men, and he says to the one that's going to be delivered, tell Pharaoh about me. Remember me. Two years later, he's still sitting in prison. Forgotten. That means God... How many opportunities did he have to get upset? People say, you just don't phone me anymore. You just don't visit me. I just don't, there's no love in the church. I just don't, what is that? that that's, I don't know God. I'm, I'm, I'm putting the trust that I should have in Jesus, I'm putting it into a man. And so when the man doesn't phone me when he's supposed to phone me, or don't they know I'm struggling? Don't they know I'm battling? Now, there's nothing wrong with that. We should be phoning one another. We should be meeting. We should help one another. We're there. We, I'm not denying that's going to happen. We need to love one another. And part of that is if you're going through something, let me pray with you. Let's walk through this together. But what happens if no one phones? I don't walk away from the church because the church is what Jesus died for. He's building His church. This is what He loves. And if He loves it, I love it. I look back on my life and I don't see, I don't, never once did I sit with my pastor Theo and him counsel me. I have never had a counseling session with him. Why? Because I know my God. Do you want to have a problem? I go to Jesus. Now, we're friends. We, 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 when I was over there now, we lived with him in his house. We sat at many hours. We spoke word, 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 word all the time. You know what it's like. You get two people that love the word together. I had many questions. Put them out there. But the thing is, when I'm in a tight spot, I know who to go to. When they wanted to kill David over Ziklag, Bible says he strengthened himself in the Lord. In the Lord. In the Lord. Hallelujah. You getting a hold of this? This is eternal life. That you know Him. The quickest way to get rid of depression, put on the garment of praise for the spirit, the demon of heaviness. Hallelujah. See, if you know love, if you know love, if you know love, He loves me, then I believe the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. His word is a light to my path, a lamp to my feet. Out there, 
It looks dark. It looks ominous. It looks, I don't know where. What's the future hold for me? I can let that fear in or I look down and I say, I know what the next step is. Because as I take the next step, the light with me, love himself moves with me. And every step I take, he lights the next step. And he lights the, I don't have to worry about the future. I've got it today. And as I walk and I see the future, and now I suddenly see, oh, here's a cliff. Now I can turn. Why? He's got me. He never leaves me. He won't let me fall off the cliff. When it's necessary, He will get me out of this. I may not have, I may not, oh Jesus. He may not deliver me out of the lion's den, but He'll keep me until the morning. And when He eventually says, get the man out of there and throw his captors in there, they throw his captors in there. People go, well, the lions weren't that hungry. Well, when they were thrown in, the Bible says they ate them before they hit the ground. Those were some hungry lions. Because he loved and he knew love and he knows love. He's got me. He could sleep peacefully in the middle of that situation. If you know love, you have eternal life. Trust him. Trust him. I don't always understand the things I'm going through. Well, I wish I had your life. Hallelujah. No, no, you don't understand. You may not see the storms. Because I don't talk about everything up, yeah? Why? You ask me how I am? It's well. It is well. Right now, while I was away, I was checking out at a, at a grocery store and I bought some things. And the lady said to me, how's it going? I said, it's always well, thank you. I said, are you that man that you always say it's always well? I said, yes, ma'am, that's me. Well, what about us who are going through problems? You know how badly that makes us feel? I said, well, if you knew Jesus like I know him. And she looked at me and said, really? I said, it's a decision. See, I didn't say everything always is good. You asked me how I am. You don't ask me how my life is. My life may have challenges. But me, it's always well with my soul. Why? Because he's got me. Uh, if you were a man of faith, how come this is happening to you? I don't always know why. But I do know this. He's never left me down. Never leaves me. Never forsakes me. He's got this. He's got this. So why would I be crying? I've learned to praise Him in the middle of every situation. When Janine was lying in hospital, doctors told me we need to come say goodbye. As far as they're concerned, it's done. It's over. All I knew to do was, I know you. I know you. I've confessed every scripture I know to confess, and I don't need to confess it one more time. It's not like God's looking for 100 and you stopped at 77. And he's still waiting for another 23. I'm just tired. No. I've done all the... Con he knows I know the word. I've already developed the faith. Faith's alive in me. And the power of that faith is love. Faith works through love. All I knew was to worship him. Just worship. 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 How can you worship God while your wife is lying in hospital, according to the doctors, dying? Because I know he won't let her go. Yeah. 
He's with her. And I worship, and I worship, and I worship, and I worship. Someone says, yeah, but what about the person whose wife did die? Well, she's with Jesus. I wouldn't want her anywhere else. I know she's celebrating with the angels, and she's now in my future. Hallelujah. Anyone here who has, that's why I don't say, you know, my condolences for your loss. You haven't lost anybody. Lost means you can't find them. I know where they are. They're in heaven. Amen. It's just a matter of time and we'll be with them again. So whoever's had someone here that's passed on and you know they're with the Lord, you're going to miss them. There is a certain amount of sorrow in missing someone. When I was in America, it was only three weeks, but I missed my wife. Amen. And there's times that I felt like crying because I want to be home. No. <laughs> but I couldn't wait to see her. Are you with me? But if, if, if you've, like families, you've seen people go and they move to another country, like they say they, they've immigrated to another country, you notice how when they're at the airport, they cry when they're saying goodbye. But there's no grief there. I said there's no grief. Why? They're just in another country. Well, heaven's just another place. And they may, I may not be able to jump on a plane to come visit you, but I do know this. That person's in your future. And we will be united again. Hallelujah. You seeing this? This is eternal life. That they may know you. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. You've glorified. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work you've given me to do. And now, O oh Father, glorify me together with yourself. With the glory which I had with you before the world was. Hallelujah. How many of you know Jesus has been glorified? Now come down to verse 20. I do not pray for these alone. Talking about the disciples around him. But also for those who will believe in me through their word. How many of you believe in Jesus? Well, how did you know about him? Through their word. They kept preaching. Today you know Jesus. So this prayer is for you. Say this prayer is for me. That they all may be one. That they all may be one. That they, say that's me. Bump your neighbor. And you. We are all one. As you, Father, are in me and I in you in love, that they may also be one in us. That the world may believe that you sent me. Lift your hand and say, God is love. I am in him. I am in love. Whoa. Did you hear what you just said? That's a whole new swing on that statement. Say it again. I am in God. God is love. I am in love. I'm in love, I'm in love, I'm in love. This is not an emotion, it's not a feeling. That, emotions and feelings come out of it. But I'm in love himself. And we are one together. Verse 22, the glory which you gave me, I have given them. That they may be one just as we are one. I in them 
you in me, that they may be made perfect in one. Listen to this. That the world may know you have sent me, and I have loved them as you have loved me. How's the world going to know about Jesus? When we present a one to this world. The world can talk about each other, gossip about each other. We were raised, I'm sure many of you were the same. My mother often said, friends will come and go, but your family is your family. You back each other up. Now that's in the flesh. We need to be that way. People say things, but let someone bring your name up in my presence and they want to start talking ugly about you. I'm going to say, just hang on one moment. Can we call them over here? No, 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 pastor. No, no, pastor. Please. No, no. If we're going to talk, we're going to do this Jesus way. If you have a problem with someone, bring it up with them. And if we become that way and we start to respect that and walk that way. In other words, if someone confides in you, you keep it to yourself. It's, oh, Jesus. Come on. Are you listening to what I'm saying? We really need to start respecting one another. We are one. The whole world's against us. But we, they don't know any better. Forgive them. They don't know. You and I do. We do know. Let's unite in love. Let it be known at the Bay Christian Family Church. <laughs> Those people, they tight, man. They're there for each other. They back each other up. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Someone says, they're your friend, they're your friend, they're your friend. I heard someone say, they are friends, and then there's 3 a.m. friends. You know what that means. I'm your friend, but don't phone me. What happens when you've got a problem at 3 o'clock? Who can you phone that you know if you call them, they will be there for you. I'm here for you. Who are you discipling? Who are you loving? And who's loving you? Who's discipling you? Sometimes we hear Jesus say, make disciples. How do I do that? Well, it starts with this loving. Amen. And if we walk this way, family, I promise you, you will see, just as Jesus said, you make this your priority, all of a sudden you'll find your problems, even though they may be there, they start sorting themselves out. Can you give him praise for his word? Come on, let's give him glory. Let's stand together. Now, I would lay hands on you tonight, but I suspect it's going to be almost everybody in the room. So you don't need a man to lay hands on you. Because the Holy Spirit dwells within you. So just lift your hands in his presence right now. In our campuses. Because there are many here tonight that would say, I want to know God this way. Maybe you have been feeling hurt, depressed. Maybe you're feeling offended. Maybe it feels like, God, where were you? Where, where are you? What, why am I feeling this loss and this hurt? And you just want a fresh touch from God. You want to experience His love again. I want to know you. I want this. It's not just about getting to heaven one day. It's knowing you. Yes. 
Just say this, Heavenly Father, I've messed up so many times. And I know you died on that cross for me. I apologize. I know you don't need my apology. Because you forgave me before I even sinned. But tonight, I want to know you. I want to know this love. I believe you love me. I know you love me. Fill me again. Touch me again. Hug me again. Hold me. Draw me close. I draw close to you now. I love you with all my heart, with all my soul, all my mind. Teach me. Show me how to love others the way you love. Things happen. My flesh wants to respond. Tonight, I'll make a quality decision. I'm not going to respond in the flesh. I want to respond from a heart of love that I can love others. That when others watch my life, have an encounter with me, it's like they've had an encounter with God. They are drawn to know you. I want to be one, not only with you, but with my brothers and sisters. Tonight, I receive that love. I love you. Fill me with your love. There it is. There it is. Receive. Receive tonight. There it is. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.